0: if you dare. America's two great pastimes collide on this podcast it's baseball and making money from the dog days of summer through the October Classic. Greg Bases Peterson's going to be free swinging at the betting board
1: as he tries to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. Now here is GP. Hey warm hello and welcome to lovely Las Vegas for MLB Overtime Metting with myself, Greg Peterson. We've got ourselves a great podcast as we're going to be having one of our favorites join this podcast, Jake Asman. He does some radio show hosting with SB Nation Radio. Fortunately, he has been placed on furlough, but this is still a guy that does a great job of being able to dial into just a little bit of everything. He does a great job covering the NFL, MLB, and he's going to be teaming up with our good buddy Jeff Parles, who you know from the Vegas Heads and Information Network, so we're going to talk to him about that, and we're going to be doing a lot of talk just with regards to things that might have went under the radar in baseball in general, because as many of you guys know, there are a lot of signings that they go a little bit brushed under the rug because we all focus on the big ones like Garrett Cole going to the New York Yankees, Anthony Rendon going to the West Coast, everything like that. But I do think that there are a lot of Good signings are going to make an impact when we get baseball back They are going to make a big impact. So we're going to be talking to Jake about that and so much more. And it is one of these situations in which we do have to bring up when are we going to be getting baseball back. I know a lot of you guys have been asking me about this best way to handicap this upcoming season. And I would say the best way to gauge things as of right now is to just sort of have an open mind. I mean, as bad as it sounds and as cliche as it is. We just have no idea what this MLB season is going to offer. We don't know when it's going to start. We don't know how many games there's going to be. Heck, we don't know if we're going to get a 2020 season. We might not get baseball until 2021. You have to remain optimistic until I am told the 2020 season has been canceled. I'm going to be preparing as if there is going to be a 2020 season. And I encourage everyone to do the same because there is no penalty if you wind up handicapping all these teams and there winds up not being a season. I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of a waste of time. But with that said, what else are we doing? That's a whole lot better than that right now. So it is one of these situations in which I encourage everyone to be doing some research, staying loose in the bullpen, keeping up with the newswire, just... Just looking at these rosters, seeing who went where, if you're a little bit unfamiliar with them, because I think that'll pay dividends long term, but... It obviously is a very unique situation. I've been saying it on this podcast for quite a while. I think if we do get baseball back, it'll probably be the 4th of July and we're probably going to have a condensed season. I know that there are a lot of people that are bringing up doubleheaders. I know that there are a lot of people that say there's not going to be too many doubleheaders just because this is all, in the name of player safety, this hiatus. So I do think that it's a very interesting dynamic. It's a very fluid situation. And right now, the way that I would say is best of playing it right now is just keeping up with it. Just take a look a couple minutes every day. Check out, like, Jeff Passon on Twitter, Bob Nightingale, all these guys, and just see, okay, what's the latest news? What are we looking at right now? And just continue to keep, up with just maintaining your knowledge of these rosters. Take a look back at last year a little bit and just try to take a look at how some of these guys are staying loose and staying prepared because there are a lot of articles out there on how guys are staying loose for the upcoming season, how they're practicing on their own time. These are things that you want to look at as well because some of these guys that they come in a little bit better condition, they come in and they're a little bit more prepared for the season. That's going to be you. just because one question that I'm going to be asking Jake and it's a Question that I'm going to be asking so many other guests that join this podcast is how long is spring training going to be? Because I think that the ideal answer right now is that if you're able to get four weeks of spring training, that'll get guys set. A lot of people think that we're not going to be afforded four weeks. Some people think that it might be as short as two. I've been hearing from a lot of people it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle. You're probably not going to get the full four, but at the same time when we do get a second spring training for the upcoming season, it'll probably be more like three. So you're sort of splitting it down the middle, and I think that it's going to be very important, especially in those first couple weeks as to who's all in good shape and who's not. This is obviously an unprecedented situation. It's a very strange one, and it's why I'm trying to get so many different guests on this podcast. We've head on like Gil Alexander. He takes a look at things from a betting perspective. Jessica Kleinschmidt, she does a great job of interviewing different players out there on the West Coast. We're getting on Jake Asman, a radio show host that does things nationally and is based out there in Houston. So, I mean, the list goes on and on. The more perspectives that you can get, the better off you're going to be to prepare for the season. And hopefully I'm doing a good job of that. And coming up next, we are going to be talking to our good buddy Jake Asman. He does a terrific job of keeping up with a variety of different things. He's also got That used to be based out there In the lovely city of New York So he's got a lot of insight with the Yankees And the Mets, he's got a lot of insight With regards to the Houston Astros This is a man that knows a little bit about every single team We're going to ask him a couple logistical questions But we're mainly going to focus on the rosters And that's on the other side Right here on MLB Overtime Betting with myself, Greg Peterson
0: Greg is phoning a friend and going out to the Azunia hotline.
1: And we're back here on MLB Overtime Betting with myself, Greg Peterson. It's great to have on our next guest. Unfortunately, this man is currently furloughed at SB Nation Radio. But with that said, this is a guy that is still keeping himself busy. He's going to be teaming up with another good friend of this podcast, Jeff Parles. We'll let them explain that towards the end. But Jake Asman does absolutely incredible work. He's based out there in the city of Houston, Texas, and he does a great job of being able to just keep up with a variety of baseball teams in general, just a wealth of knowledge. And you can follow my Twitter at Jake Asman and Jake. Obviously not the best of times with regards to sports, but always glad to catch up with you and glad that you're keeping up with all this. Thank you so much for joining me. Anytime, Greg. I got nothing else to do. You said it. I'm I'm furloughed
0: right now. So I'm just kind of waiting like a lot of people that are unfortunately being affected by the virus. But, you know, most importantly, I'm, I'm safe right now. I'm healthy. My family's healthy. I have a lot of family back in New York and they're doing just fine. So that's what's most important right now. And, you know, tough times, but
1: we'll get through it. And can't wait for baseball to certainly come back whenever it does. Absolutely. And that is our first question. When do you think we might see baseball coming back? Because I know that Rob Manfred, when he was talking to Scott Van Belt last week, he was talking about it perhaps coming back in May. I just don't think that's going to be a possibility because we saw a couple of days ago, these minor leaguers are going to be paid through May 31st. So I think that they're prepping for June at the very earliest. I just can't see that. Right now, I'm almost thinking it's going to be 4th of July or else we're not going to see it until 2021. Not sure if you have a different angle on it, though, because I know that you've had the chance to talk to a variety of different people on this. And I will throw this out here right now. What we're both saying is speculation on both of our parts. No doubt. And that's kind of what's, you know, so just unprecedented about the situation. There's
0: no light at the end of the tunnel right now. No one could say, you know, with definitive knowledge, when things return back to normal, when things start to get better so you know i always thought you know a couple weeks back oh you know maybe by mid-may we'll start ramping up spring training again or whatever you know they want to call spring training and you know by maybe you know uh, memorial day or you know beginning of june we'll have a season now i'm not so sure when i i think your guess is as good as mine and i look at you know july 4th being a date that would maybe make some sense if things are ready just because of you know, the historic, you know, impact of that date in our country's history and how baseball is so synonymous with playing games on the 4th of July. But until we have more information, everyone's just guessing right now. And that's kind of what's crazy about this whole situation. Nobody knows.
1: I'm right there with you. It is one of these situations in which we just really need good news at this point. I think that anyone, I don't care about your political affiliation. I don't care what you think of baseball, football, whatever sport, what have you. We just want good news at this point, as we've got Jake Asmond joining me right here on the podcast. And I think that when we get baseball back, like I said, we don't know when we're going to get baseball back, but eventually baseball will be back in our lives. I think it's going to be so interesting because – You've got, once again, your big bomber teams out there in the American League. The Houston Astros and the New York Yankees. And if this layoff helps anyone, it's probably these two teams. Because as you know out there in Houston, Justin Verlander was not going to be set for the original opening day. If, say, we get baseball back in... Early July, let's say, he's probably going to be back at full force. Lance McCullers, guy that wound up missing the 2019 season. He was probably going to be on an innings restriction. If you have fewer than 162 games, you don't have to work around that as much. And then with the New York Yankees, obviously guys like Aaron Judge and Company were a little bit banged up. I think both these teams benefit greatly from this layoff. I totally agree. And interesting, though, because as some of these teams do benefit, you wonder
0: about... You know the potential for other injuries coming up once the season starts. I mean, you know, ideally, you know, I, I've talked to some former major leaguers and talked to several other people connected with teams, but I still have the daily radio show about this topic. You know, how long would you need a spring training period? And and the responses were at least four weeks. Well, I don't know if you know MLB is going to be able to give a four week spring training when they're going to try and get as many games in as possible. That might not be possible to have a four week spring training. So. You wonder with, you know, maybe if it's only two weeks, you know, will MLB allow teams to carry, you know, extra members on the roster? Because if you're going to have a bunch of double headers to try and make up some of the games, then, you know, you open yourself up to injuries. So you do wonder with a condensed schedule, doubleheaders being a possibility, and obviously, you know, a condensed spring training in general, how that's going to impact guys getting hurt, which is something you don't want to see. But, you know, you mentioned the Yankees, obviously, Judge Stanton. That's big. Aaron Hicks is supposed to come back sometime probably, you know, mid to late June at the earliest. So now you don't have to miss as many games without him, James Paxton. And, you know, these are all important things for the Yankees. But, you know, obviously we all would like baseball to be back as soon as possible.
1: I'm right there with you as we do. Have Jake Aspen joining me right here on the podcast. And I do think it's just so interesting in general what we might see from this baseball season, because I know that you're a guy that you've kept up a lot with the New York Mets. We know that Noah Syndergaard, he is not going to be partaking in this 2020 season. He wound up having Tommy John surgery. And I feel like the teams that are probably going to do best in a shortened season would be ones with a strong pitching rotation at the front, because in a 162 game season, you have to, really make sure that these guys are on full rest and everything like that. If you get into a 100-game season, you don't have to manipulate the innings as much. These guys are right now resting. I'm sure that many of these guys are keeping in shape, but they're not throwing bullpen sessions. They're not throwing in games. They're not doing any of that. So I think that the Mets really lose out a little bit on this because if you'd have him along with Marcus Stroman, Jacob deGrom, some of the other starters, You've got yourself a great rotation. You don't need to go to the bullpen as much because of the circumstances of the season. Now not having Noah Syndergaard really puts them behind the eight ball.
0: Yeah, I think it's a huge loss for them. I mean, you look at the you know, the impact of a healthy Noah Syndergaard when he's right. He's one of the best pitchers in the game. Now, you know, Met fans could tell you he's been on and off. He probably hasn't lived up to the amount of hype and potential that followed him following 2015 when he helped pitch the Mets as a rookie all the way to the World Series, but he's had good years. Now, 2019 was not one of them. It was the worst year of his career, but you would expect a bounce-back season from the guy. And when you had Noah Syndergaard as your number two with Marcus Stroman in that rotation, and obviously, you know, you look at the rest of the rotation with Steven Matz being your number four, everyone now gets moved up a spot. So your depth takes a hit. Zach Wheeler is no longer there, so you can't rely on him and the amount of innings he's been able to give you over the last few years when he's been right. So there's no doubt it's a big hit. And now the Mets, whenever we do return to action, are going to need to, you know, rely on getting another, obviously a Cy Young caliber year from Degrom, but that's a no-brainer. But more importantly, they're going to have to rely on, you know, Rick Porcello, who they signed in, in free agency, and you know, some of the guys that were looked at as just depth signings. Well, now, you know, they're no longer just depth signings. They're guys that are going to have to contribute and, and be effective. You lose a guy like Noah Syndergaard, you were counting on to be your number two starter.
1: Absolutely, I do think that. When you have to rely upon Rick Porcello it's obviously not one of those most ideal situations in the world but that's another one of those under the radar signings. We've seen quite a few of them like the Milwaukee Brewers. They signed on Justin Smoke and they also signed on Brock Holt, two signings that I really like especially the Holt one with Smoke little bit of a hit or miss one, but I think on the other side, it's really good if I get your perspective on this, just because there are a lot of signings that I feel like a lot of people are not necessarily up to date on, and these are going to be very important when we do get baseball back in our lives, and I'm going to be asking Jake about that next, right here on MLB Overtime betting with myself, Greg Peterson.
0: Welcome back to MLB Overtime. Greg is throwing a gem, so yeah, he better not blow it
1: betting with myself, Greg Peterson, coming at you from the lovely city of Las Vegas. We are being rejoined by our good buddy, Jake Asman. You know him from all the work that he's done with SB Nation Radio. Currently on furlough, but he certainly is keeping active at this time. And going into the break, I had been talking about a couple under-the-radar signings that I had noticed. But I want to get your take on this because I think that it is so interesting. And it's going to make a big impact on the season because... I think that there are a lot of people that they know some of the big bomber signings. Anthony Rendon, he wound up going to L.A. Hunjin Ryu goes north of the border. A lot of people are paying attention to that. Obviously, Garrett Cole with the New York Yankees, but I feel like there are a lot of under-the-radar signings. that really don't pop up until the beginning of the regular season. Now is the time when I think you should be really studying up on some of these, and I know that there are quite a few that maybe come to mind for you that maybe the casual fan wouldn't think of that might have an impact this season. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you obviously had you know, some
0: of the huge names signing free agency. I mean, when you have Garrett Cole getting the money he did from the Yankees and Rendon and Strasburg and whatnot, those are the big fish guys. I'll give you some lower key ones though that you maybe you know haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about. I love what the Braves did this offseason, solidifying their bullpen. I mean, to add Will Smith, I thought was a great move. You know, they went out there at the deadline and traded for Shane Green from the Tigers, so they have him back. So. The Braves have really improved. I think they're in a, an outstanding division, but I like what they did this offseason. I love what the Phillies did, signing D.D. Gregorius, just a one-year deal. When D.D.'s right, I think he's one of the best shortstops in baseball, and I got him on a one-year deal, so he's playing for another contract. He's got to prove that he'll go back to being the old D.D. Gregorius, because last year he didn't have his usual season, but I think that's in part by the fact he was coming back from Tommy John surgery and only played half the year, so I love that move for the Philadelphia Phillies, and I love what the Mets did. You know, if you stay in that division, Dylan Betances, one-year deal. Obviously, you know Dylan pitched two batters last year. He missed basically the entire season. It was terrible what happened with him. I think he's going to get another opportunity here in a city he's familiar with. He knows about pitching in New York. So I think the Mets, if they're going to have any chance to contend, they're going to need that bullpen to be significantly better than what it was last year because they were probably the worst in all of baseball bullpen-wise. So. There's no doubt that adding a guy like Dylan Patentis, when he's right, he's one of the best in baseball at his setup job. So I look at some of those signings, and I, and I think that a lot of the NLE signings have made those teams that much better.
1: Absolutely, and I always love hearing the name Will Smith because that means that we're getting jiggy with it on this podcast. As we do, have <laughs> Jake Espin joining me right here on MLB Overtime Betting. And what I thought was so interesting as well is that a lot of the teams are a little bit under the radar. They had some good signings during the offseason as well. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no getting around it that Garrett Cole was the biggest splash signing, in my opinion, of any pitcher. But Dallas Keuchel going over to the Chicago White Sox is one that I look at. I think it's one that, as long as we get a baseball season, it might prove to be huge. Because one thing that the White Sox now have that few other teams do is that they've got a guy that... He's used a little bit of an off-kilter season because we remember during the 2019 campaign with the Atlanta Braves – he didn't get sent up into, to the majors until just before the All-Star break. So he is used to a little bit of a weird and random schedule. He's a guy that is just always a steady Eddie pitcher. He's not necessarily going to light the world on fire. He's not going to be that Cy Young candidate like he was a couple years ago. But at the same time, he's a guy that's going to eat innings for you. He's going to give you some good strikes. He's going to have good command. I look at the White Sox in the American League. They might be the biggest sleeper, especially if... We don't have that juice fall, which I feel like the twins more than anyone else benefited from. Yeah,
0: you look at the White Sox and obviously signing Keichel is big for them. Giolito's still your ace at the front end of the rotation. I like what they did bring into Gio Gonzalez, another kind of low key signing that they made. Right now, the season were to begin, you know, Gio Gonzalez with a career three six eight ERA would be your number five starter. Now he's a little up there in age. He's thirty-four years old, but you know, this is someone that's been an effective pitcher for a long time. So I think if they could hit on him, you know, they can get, they, they, they could maybe surprise some people with the depth of their rotation. You know, they signed Edwin Encarnación this winter. He is someone that, you know, could still hit at a high level. You look at, you know, what they have in that lineup already with Tim Anderson and what a batting title. Jose Hebreu, they spent big money on Yasmani Grandel to be their catcher. So they're a good team. And I think the key for them is going to be their bullpen and that rotation. If the back end could hold up in front of Giolito and Keuchel.
1: Yeah, I think that that's so interesting that you bring that up as well, and I think that what is really going to be huge for a lot of these teams if they're going to want to make a bonsai charge here in a little bit of an interesting year, to say the least, because we just don't know what's going to be happening in general with regards to the schedule, is pitching. I think that teams that have... Good front end starters and teams that have a lot of depth with the bullpen are going to be some of the most interesting ones. I take a look at a team like the Milwaukee Brewers, and I just don't know what to make out of them because obviously the starting pitching leaves a little bit of something to be desired. Zach Davies at the beginning of the year he was terrific; he fell off late. Brandon Woodruff, a little bit of a hit or miss guy, but we all know about some of the arms that they have in the bullpen. Josh Hader and company they had a great end to the 2019 season to be able to make that one game wild card, but they were very much the beneficiaries of a weak schedule down the stretch as well. So that's how they were able to overcome that injury to Christian Yelich. What do you make of a team like the Milwaukee Brewers that they don't necessarily have those great starters, but they've got a lot of depth in the bullpen because I feel like these are the most unpredictable teams in a shortened schedule.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The bullpen is going to be so important. The condensed schedule and a lack of a true spring training again just because guys aren't going to be built up to go deep into games. And the teams that have good bullpens I think would be at a distinct advantage Early on in this season, whenever it does return, I like what Milwaukee has. I think they're a very good team. Obviously, they're a playoff team a year ago and you know, losing Yelich at the end of the year hurt. But, you know, they're going to be in the mix in that division and for a wild card spot just because of their lineup. You know, they have guys that could flat out just rank. I mean, whether it be Yelich or Kane. And obviously, we know about Justin Smoke, what he could bring from a power perspective. They're going to score runs. And they have Hayter at the back end of that bullpen. You mentioned some of the other guys. I think their biggest question mark is their starting rotation, right? I mean, you know that team as well as anyone, Greg. So, you know, what are they going to be able to get from their starting five in that rotation that can give them a chance to contend?
1: Yeah, I think that that's going to be something that is very much worth watching as we do have Jake Asman joining me right here on the podcast. And something else I think is just going to be so fascinating in general is a team that you know a lot about the Boston Red Sox, because let's face it, this is a team that... I do not think is going to be having a very good year whatsoever. They wind up trading away Mookie Betts. And hey, if we don't have a 2020 season, they wind up winning the trade by default. I'm not sure how and I'm not sure why they're going to be able to win that trade. But (laughs) there's that possibility out there. Obviously, they wind up trading away David Price. Chris Sale is going to be out for the entire year. I think that if we do have baseball back, I think they might be the second-worst team at that division. I don't think there's any way they fall below the multiple Orioles, but I just take a look at this Red Sox team. There's not a lot to get excited about, and I take a look at the Blue Jays in that division as well. I think that they're a team that they could surprise some people because unlike a lot of these teams that they have a bunch of veterans, they're used to a routine, these guys with the Blue Jays, guys like Flag Guerrero Jr., guys like Dante Bichette, all these guys – They aren't used to a normal season. I think that might actually play to their advantage a little bit more because they're not used to the normal grind that typically a lot of these more veteran guys are.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see kind of what the Red Sox are, right? I think the Blue Jays are maybe a year or two away, but there's no doubt they have a dearth of a bunch of young talent, and they've improved this offseason. They've spent some money in free agency to make their team better. You know, the Red Sox, to me, are at best a 500 team. When you trade away Mookie Betts and David Price and your starting rotation is led by now, Eduardo Rodriguez and an injury prone Nathan Abaldi because you don't have Chris Sale who's out for the year with Tommy John. You're not going to be very good. Your closer is Matt Barnes. He's probably better served as a setup man. I just don't think they're good enough right now. Now, they're talented. They can score runs. When you have JD Martinez and Devers and Bogarts and Benettendi, you're going to score some runs. But, you know, this is a Red Sox team to me that because of their issues with their rotation, because of the issues with their bullpen, they're going to be a 500 team and they will only be a 500 team just because they could score runs. but we'll see kind of where they end up. They're still good. They're a good team, but you know, they, they don't have enough pitching wise in either the rotation or the bullpen to truly contend.
1: No doubt. As we do have Jake Asman joining me right here on MLB overtime betting. And Jake, is there any under the radar team that you really have your eye on? Because I know I've had a bunch of people on this podcast and they are all touting the Cincinnati reds and hard to disagree with them. I do think that bringing in Nick Cassianos, a tremendous signing. We all know how strong Amir Garrett is for reasons not necessarily related to pitching. But with that said, we all know about him. And I think that the Oakland A's are very interesting as well. You've got Jesus Lazardo, A.J. Puck. All those guys are able to really toss out there for the Oakland A's. I think that they're going to be a very interesting team. Not sure if they're going to be able to dethrone the Astros, but at minimum, I think that they are going to be a good wild card contender. Is there anything that you really have your eye on that you think could surprise a lot of people in a condensed 2020 season? Well, you mentioned some of them. I, I agree with
0: the sentiment that it sounds like a lot of your guests have also said, I like the Reds a lot. They're built to pitch really well. When you have Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, and Trevor Bauer as your one, two, and three, that's as good as any one, two, and three in the National League. And then I love what they did bringing in Wade Miley. And Wade Miley, I watched him and covered him in Houston this past season with the Astros. He was good for about four months, and then the last two months of the year he imploded them and makes his overall numbers look a lot worse than they actually were. He was having a quality season for the Astros. It was funny when they acquired Zach Greinke in a trade. Wade Miley was like in the top five in ERA in the American League, so it was like, oh, they have Verlander, they have Cole, they had Greinke, and Miley's their number four. Wow. And then he just didn't pitch well. But I think that's a kind of a low key signing, getting back to a question we talked about earlier that can maybe make some sense for them. But the Reds are good. I mean, we'll see what Joey Votto has left in his career. But when you look at the guys they have in that lineup like Suarez and Freddy Galvis, and obviously what they have in right field after signing Cassiano so in free agency and you know, what they could get at maybe at second base with a guy like Mike Mustakis, the Reds to me are a good team. Glacius is still their closer. He's very good, had a very good season last year. They're a good team and You know, they kind of have the ingredients you'd be looking for on a team that should be able to have
1: some success
0: whenever the season does
1: resume. I'm right there with you. And Jake, I know that once the season does resume, you're probably going to be back on SB Nation radio. But in the meantime, I know that you're teaming up with one of our good buddies with the Vegas Ads and Information Network and a guy that's appeared on this podcast quite a bit. in Jeff Parles would like to close it up with this. Let the good people know where they can find you on social media and just what you're working on in general. Because as I mentioned at the top, unfortunately you've been furloughed by SB nation radio, but I know that you're going to be back before we know it. We are going to get sports back in our lives. It's just a matter of when, but I know that in the meantime, you're doing a great job of keeping busy. I appreciate it. Yeah. If you just check me out on Twitter at
0: Jake Asman, you know, I'm tweeting sports thoughts and other stuff there. And you you mentioned it, Jeff and I are going to get together and for however long we're both furloughed. And, However long things go on the way they are in the world right now, we're going to start a podcast. I think we're going to call it Sports and Who Knows with Jeff Parles and Jake Asman. So we will be fun. We'll be laid back, entertaining, just something to basically basically give us something to do because there's nothing else going on right now. Might as well podcast and have some fun.
1: Oh, absolutely. And just good to be able to stay loose in the bullpen as well. It's just one of these very unique times, and always great to have Jake Asman on this podcast. And if you like what you're hearing from MLB Overtime Betting, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. And if you ever have any questions for the podcast, always happy to answer that. Matt G. Ernst, 41, going to continue to come at you guys three times a week with the MLB Overtime Betting Podcast, and then once we get games back, it is back to every single day. So thank you so much for tuning in, and hopefully you guys are all safe and healthy.